Hey, I'm Tom. I'm Jane. And we are back for episode two of the Organized Chaos podcast. And today we're going to be talking about um, quite a big one for us, like a, a lesson. Well, it's not really a lesson. It's something that's kind of evolved and, and grown over the past couple of years. Um, but it comes down to values and talking about respecting and honoring um, different people's value systems really and this was a this was a tough one for us and i think um you know especially not just being in a relationship together but also it became more pronounced i think from being in business together as well um and you really see this in any kind of relationship right whether it be a friendship a family member a colleague uh, a client like it could be anyone when we find people who have values that maybe aren't aligned with ours, we can typically respond to them in a very negative way, right? It's like, what, what is the, the default stance is almost like, what's wrong with you? Nothing right? wrong with you. I just got strong values. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is a thing. And it's like, this is what, what often happens. And I think, you know, we found ourselves in situations before, like where we've had an argument and, you know, you will say something and my, my initial reaction is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why, why, why are you not getting this? And it's the same with you, right? Mm -hmm. Like you probably say that millions of times a day where it's like, it's common sense. How can you not see yeah, that? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and it's funny because, you know, as an example, so to, to add some like context to this, um like your values right a safety and security is one of your big values isn't inclusion it? and mm. community yeah yeah so for for me being the kind of chaotic one of of, of the two um I, th I think this is where there is a, a, a clash in values mm. right because you you really value that security and that stability i don't like it like, yeah. I actually don't like you it. You thrive in chaos. I thrive in chaos. Madness and, and panic. Yeah. And, and when there is too much stability, I get bored. And and this is the thing. And I think this is why it's, it's so important. And one of the things we've realized is that it's important to talk about it, for one, to kind of set rules and, yeah. and boundaries and well the most important thing is 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 to know your own values. Yes um what they are where they come from you know are they core values or they're just you know just something that you admire and like you know to live by but not necessarily like one of your cores um and once you know that is is what is absolutely necessary is to communicate that back to your partner business partner life partner colleagues you know like work environment so that others are aware of where you stand mm. that it's not just a you know you know like one of your moods or something not just because you feel like it but because it's it is your integral part of who mm. you are mm. um what makes you the decisions you make you know um as a result of that and to me that's like the most important two first steps mm. yeah yeah definitely and i i guess it's kind of like where we've both gone wrong with it in the past, I think, is almost where you make other people wrong for not having your values, mm. right? That's typically 
you know, where we're in a situation and someone doesn't get our values instead of just being like, Hey, this is really important to me. Mm -hmm. We, we, we kind of come at it more aggressively. Yeah. Right. And it's like, Oh, like, why, why, why can't you just get this? Like, it's so simple. Like that. It's not even just that, but it's also like, like almost shaming another person for not having mm. the same values mm. as, as you do. Um, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, making them wrong for it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's been a, been a really big one in it. And it can open up a lot as well when we, we realize and, and, and actually accept and embrace other people's value systems because they do contribute a lot, you know, and, and very often there, you know, there's the, the saying, isn't there? I mean, this has been said in lots of different ways, but the, the, the skills, the knowledge, the values and everything that has got us to where we are, isn't going to get us to that next stage. Mm -hmm. It's not going to get us to where we want to be. The reason we we end up in these same positions in life only ever making marginal improvements is because we're operating from the same place and it takes for somebody to throw something into the pot so to speak to, to really build it and it's why you know you see all these the fastest growing organizations are the ones that figure out how to work well as an incredibly diverse team mm -hmm. with lots of like different skill sets yeah. and it's almost it's almost a danger you know this this happens not just in relationships but in 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 friendships and you see this in businesses as well and i think a lot of kind of startups maybe inexperienced startups where you know, they try to bring together lots of people who are just like them. You know, I want everybody who agrees with everything I say and everybody it almost becomes like a dictatorship. Yeah. Right? So I want lots of clones of me who can just go out and do tasks, but you're never going to have the breakthroughs because you really need these different opinions, people that can challenge you and see the world in a different way yeah. to get that, that kind of breakthrough. So, um, but it's not just that it's also, you know, but looking at the, sort of employment situations, I think it's incredibly important for employers, managers, you know, supervisors, team leaders to be aware of their people's values so that they can use that to, to the strength, to the business strength as well, you know, instead of, you know, enforcing their the, values yeah. onto that person. Yeah. Especially if it's, if it's a clashing one that creates a very, um, intense internal conflict for, for individuals, be it employees or employers equally. I think this is really important to know where you stand, where, where people's values are. Mm. Otherwise, without knowing those, you'd be met with massive resistance, mm. um, misbehavior, you know, and, and it's just not a pleasant environment for anyone. Mm. And I think it's a massive opportunity for a lot of employers to look into this deeper um, to leverage this because mm. I think people are just not, not looking into this enough for the benefit of the company of the business and everyone who are in, in that environment, really. When it comes down, you know, I don't want to take it off topic or derail this conversation, but it's kind of interesting how, you know, in, in, in job interviews, for example, it, very, I, I always used to ask, well, I didn't always, I got to a stage where I asked quite a lot about culture and values. And it's amazing how many managers, um, heads of department, directors cannot answer that question. Hmm. They don't know. They, they genuinely don't know. And, and that's an issue. 
because if I think if you have that conversation from the offset and it's like, you know, like we were just talking about, sometimes it might be a deal breaker. Yeah. If, if, if this company does not care about the environment and you're deeply passionate about the environment, yeah. that could be a deal breaker. Yeah. Right. But, but for us, like, yes, we have very different values, but we have figured out a way to work around it. Mm. So at least when you bring it out in the open, you, you, you can talk about it. You can say, can we work around this? How yeah. can we kind of, you know, get this to work for both of us, but there will be things that are deal breakers and only you are going to know that. Um, so it's definitely an important conversation to have. But things like, um, you know, being passionate for environment and let's have, let's say that that is your core value and one of your highest values. That's great when you have an interview and, you know, the minute you find out that that company is not kind of on board with this, then yes, it is a deal breaker. But when it comes down to a smaller, smaller types of values i think maybe like timeliness or tidiness and things like that these are also values perhaps not as important at that higher level mm. but they do dictate i believe um how the person is on a daily basis you know mm -hmm. in terms of their performance because to some this is extremely important you know like having a clean clean and clear surroundings around them you know in the office and for some people like yourself you know, that's, that's not so much. Mm. You thrive in a mess. You thrive when there is like bits and bobs lying around and that doesn't bother you at all. Whereas for me, that would be a massive, massive distraction. Like mm. I value tidiness and cleanliness, you know, yeah. and that's the place where I operate best because I'm not distracted by it. Yeah. And again, I, and I think this is where it becomes, you know, having the discussion makes it more manageable because it, it can then be like you know we come to an arrangement where it's like okay I can have a messy workspace but you just I have to hide it from you <laughs> or, whatever, you, <laughs> or you just have your own workspace yeah, and I like, have my own how exactly however that looks it's like okay you can make a mess but you make a mess in that corner yes like you know however that looks but it's just you know talking about it is a really big thing and it's it's something that you know, we've we've learned and continue to to learn and see in different aspects aspects over the years. Um, so, kind of gave me an idea that I wanted to try to kind of ask you mm -hmm. and you to ask me as well. What is what's the biggest thing that you have learned from me over the past couple of years? And not just like something you can watch a YouTube video on, but something you've kind of learned the hard way, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Um being, I guess, more spontaneous and mm -hmm. flexible, um, no, so, not so rigid. Mm. Um, Which is hard for you, right? Because again, is. it goes against the value of, of, of stability. And... Yeah, I'm not as fluid um, in decision makings as you are. Mm. I mean, it takes me a very long time to arrive to a certain decision after much deliberation and consideration and, you know, weighing up all the pros and cons and it, it, will, it will just take forever and ever for me um most of the time it will be a decision that i'm happy with but it would just take a very long time whereas with you what i have observed is that once you decided on something you just get on with it you just do it act on it implement see what happens if it's crap move on if it's great then you'll you improve mm. Whereas, no attachment to it. Yeah, for me, and I guess it's just because of the, you know, the the, the upbringing, the, the way I was kind of brought up and educated and stuff. And 
past experiences is that I'm very, very cautious in making decisions, mm. especially with the ones that swing um, <laughs> massively in either directions and mm. I can change the course of my life. Mm. Um, for you, without going into much details of the past, I think you just, you just much, you're less attached, like you said, to, to the decisions and outcomes. Mm. And I haven't mastered that yet as much as you know yeah. i would love to <laughs> and i think it's important to say here as well and thank you for sharing that by the way and i think it's important to say here that um th th there is no right and wrong right like it's not like my way of being is better or your way of being is better they are just two different um approaches to yeah. the world and they and they both have um advantages and disadvantages and, and and it's kind of you know part of what the the the, the gift i guess that we wanted to, yeah. to give with organized chaos is is allowing access to seeing those things and maybe outside maybe in our blind spots right now yeah right maybe we don't see well the thing is like it doesn't like this is something that i lack in my own way of being and seeing how it works for you um, obviously inspires me and that's the biggest takeaway for me. Not to say that, you know, every time you make such decisions, <laughs> they turn out to be great. Mm. And at times I look back at the results and, and, you know, like, I'll be like, oh my God, what were you thinking? Yeah, I make and terrible probably, decisions We're not even time. thinking at yeah, all. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Had yeah. you thought a little bit longer, like I do, mm -hmm. we wouldn't have arrived to this conclusion, but, um, Regardless, like I, I just look at it how quickly you make decisions and mm. you know be able to act on them, and that that inspires me to you know mm. try and do the same. I'm not saying like I've completely changed my approach. I still mm. do take time, but perhaps nowadays not such a long period anymore. It's much shorter. Yeah, stuff. because I think that this is the thing, and we've both had conversations about this. Like you, you just you never know right like as much planning as you do you could mm. plan for a year and never know whereas you could just make a load of decisions within a couple of months test loads of things and then find what works best yeah you know in a short space of time so it's like yeah there's there's always you know positives and and um negatives to to both um so what about you so what's the biggest takeaway the, <laughs> the or biggest the, takeaway. Or, or the thing that you have learned from me being the way I am. Um, so, I mean, I could obviously say the the same as you. Um, that's not the biggest thing, but I will just say that that has definitely, you know, been a, a big aspect, especially I think where I've seen the biggest impact in, in your approach is just um, it mainly comes down to setting expectations. It's not something I do. Where I move so fast, I often don't set expectations. Mm. And, you know, then it just causes me or someone else to have to pick up the pieces afterwards. So that has been a, a big thing in, in your more steady, more diligent, um, organized approach is that there isn't so much room for mess and letting other people down. Whereas because I move so fast and because I'm just fueled by passion and constantly go, 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 um, there are times where I don't set expectations. So um, that's that's definitely been the biggest area for me where I've seen like, 
okay, like my approach, like this is what I can kind of take from you. And, mm. I, and I have tried to implement that and it's, it's worked really well. Um, but that's not the biggest thing. I think the, the biggest thing for me has been um, learning to listen without needing to respond. And I think this is something that anybody listening right now can probably relate to like if you've ever had one of those moments where uh, you know you you have a family member or a close friend your spouse like whoever it is but somebody you deeply care about um sharing uh, you know that they are upset about something or something that they've been through and the natural instinct is to you know to give advice and say it will be okay like have you tried looking at it like this and it might never happen don't mm. worry but that's not what the person needs to hear yeah they just want somebody to talk to or someone um, to listen just listen yeah to exactly and i think and i'm really grateful that you you know have been patient enough with me to to kind of talk me through that as well and like actually you know instead of just and we have we've obviously had plenty of fights over this like when i've you know i've tried to you've told me something and i've tried to console you and then you scream at me and i'm like, oh fuck you you know <laughs> you look like i'm trying to help you and it's like turned into this massive argument but when but, you quickly forget that i'm not seeking help no exactly and it's and, not the help that yeah needed. and you and you you have really taken the time to kind of sit down with me and say look i know you're trying to help but this is this is what i need and i think that's been um a really big lesson that we can take into lots and lots of other areas of our lives right like we always feel the need to respond mm. right always like we always think you know we have to respond to something and actually when we did landmark you know there was that quite funny moment where they they say like we very rarely actually listen to someone that there, there, there's i think there's a quote on this as well but it basically says like how um nobody really listens we just wait to respond mm -hmm. So like, for example, and I noticed this, and, and this is what it comes down to, I think, just a conscious awareness, and you've really helped me to develop this, but like, the, if if you can think backwards to a time, for anyone listening as well, like, I, I implore you to like, think of this, but think back to a time where someone's like, said something to you and it triggered you, mm -hmm. right? So like, I'm saying something to you, I'm like ranting at you, and something's triggered you internally. Anything I say after that point, doesn't matter you know what you want to respond with it's almost like it, it doesn't exist you're exactly. not even listening yeah. any anything after as soon that. as i press that button it's yeah. like oh have i got something for you oh I'm, I'm gonna come back and and for some reasons we also feel like we need to we need to give an example of something similar that happened to us yeah, 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 yeah. forgetting very quickly that the other person is not interested yeah. in that moment in time yeah to hear a similar story from your life mm, mm. they just want to share mm, definitely so i think that there's, there's kind of two aspects to this where it can help both in like a you know obviously in in personal relationships but also you know and just and just being there to listen um to someone but also you know just in day to day this can this can be huge in business as well right like the ability to actually truly listen to what somebody is saying as opposed to just 
waiting to respond can make a huge difference. And, you know, from sales to negotiation, like Chris Voss talks about this in his book, doesn't he? Like actually listening to what someone is really saying, mm. as opposed to just responding from this place of, oh, I've, I've got a story to tell about that, or I've got some, no, like listen to what this person's saying, because very often there are gems, there are nuggets of in these, in the things that people are saying that we miss. Yeah. Because we're in our own head thinking like, how can I respond to this? How can I respond to this? So we are missing these, the, these things that could actually change the outcome of the conversation entirely. Yeah. Right. We're missing like what someone, what someone actually wants. And quite, I think if you do that properly and regularly and train that muscle, you'll find that more often than not, you will not have to ask yourself or the other person, how can I help? Mm. Because if you're truly listening, you, you will find what the issue is and you will know how you can help without mm. having to ask. I think we've had that discussion, didn't we? Like initially when, when you were struggling with this is like, I would share stuff and you would interrupt or you would, you would put your 10 cents into it. And then in the end, you'll be like, Oh, how can I help? And mm. I just go mental screaming. Well, if you were listening, you would know how you can help mm. be it. Like I really need the help from you, or I don't need the help because there's nothing to help with. I just need to rant or I just need to yeah. express something. Right. Yeah. So I, I think it's the biggest thing is like knowing Yeah, definitely. by listening. And one of the things we've actually started doing recently, and I tried to do this, sometimes I forget, but like actually saying like, is this one of those moments where you just need me to listen? Yes. Or do you actually... <laughs> and, but, and that has been really useful because it does, it does like mitigate um, uh, arguments, yeah. you know, like just knowing up front, okay, cool. Now I know I just need to listen. Yeah. And uh, again, it's just, just that communication, isn't it? And it, it kind of brings me on to um, the... <laughs> The next thing I wanted to um, talk about today, which was... It probably which, should have started with this, no? Yeah, well, <laughs> true. Yeah, it's all good. Um, was Is responsibility. And responsibility, I think, is a huge one. And it can be a really difficult one to grapple with. Because a lot of the time, I think we get responsibility confused with... Um, confused with, like, fault... Mm. So we kind of think if we're taking responsibility for something, then it's it's our fault. It's our problem. Yeah. Right. So like if 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 I said to you, and I have said this to you in an argument, which is the worst time to do it. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> just take fucking responsibility for how you feel. Mm. Right. And that's the worst thing you can ever say to someone in an argument. So please don't do that. Um, but you know, and it took me a long time to learn this lesson, but it, it's a huge thing. And when 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 we realize that only thing that is in our control is the way that we respond to something we cannot control the outcome yeah. we can't control the outcome we can do things to try and manipulate it and to try and put it to our advantage or whatever we cannot control that the only thing we can control is how we respond to something and taking responsibility people see it as a burden but it's actually incredibly liberating and empowering because you know like as an example here the thing that people say a lot and I do this sometimes as well when I forget but it's like oh this person made me so mad they ruined my day or this this happened because of the weather or this circumstance that we blame circumstances right we blame things we blame people we blame everything else 
what we do in that process is we're, we're, we're handing off the, the responsibility and we're handing off the power that the power to something else, to somebody else, mm. right? I am the way I am. I am stuck in this situation because of that person. And then we're just left to wallow in self-pity, right? Whereas if we can say, no, I'm going to take responsibility for how I feel. I'm going to, I, yeah, I, okay, I've had a shit morning. There was some crap driver and now I'm half an hour late and then a car splashed me, my souk soaked. I'm going to take responsibility for this. Mm. Like a lot of people would say, why would I take responsibility? It's not my fault. Yeah. That that and that's where it's confused. It's like this isn't a question of fault. This is a question of do you want to be empowered to change or to to be a certain way? Mm -hmm. Yes, I've had a shit morning, but I am choosing to show up in this way. And I think it can be really empowering and it's like it, it's tricky though, isn't it? Because in the moment and and I think for you like we've had this discussion as well it came down to values. One of your other values is is um fairness isn't it yeah. like that's quite a big one for you and and i think this is why this is particularly difficult for you to grapple with because it's like well that's not fair <laughs> right it, it, it's, it's just justice like, isn't it that's yes the one, it's justice. justice and fairness but 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 it's perhaps because of the word in itself responsibility mm. that ties in triggers trigger different things yeah because it it naturally almost naturally implies that someone has to be at fault yes Right. Whereas what we're talking about, I guess, in this situation is that nothing needs to be, nothing or nobody needs to be at fault to, to take responsibility for actions, yeah. feelings and emotions. Like nothing needs to be wrong or right. You just need to be responsible for mm. it. And it's more of a choosing, really. It's more of a choice. Like I choose to be responsible for this. Definitely. Without anything, you know, needing to happen just yet. Nothing, nothing horrible needs to happen to feel responsible for it. Definitely. You know, and, and it's that's why it was one of the most, I guess, difficult for me to kind of come to terms with because yeah. of the actual like word responsibility and what it means. Yeah, yeah. In the normal circumstances. There's a. Um... <clears throat> there's an interview that Tom Billy did, which I really liked. And he was talking about how, um, you know, he goes to the extremes with responsibility and he's saying about how, if his wife, Lisa, you know, happened to be, uh, driving one day and an asteroid came down and, and, and hit her car and killed her. Like he would take responsibility for that because, and he gave this example of where like he was, he was in a position once to to fund the company who was um, aiming to create a, a system, a laser or whatever that could could shoot down asteroids, right? That threatening Earth. Mm. And he didn't invest in them. Mm -hmm. He chose to invest in like another company. So he's saying like, hey, like there are there are always situations that come up where we make a choice, where we make a decision. Yeah. Um, really, really interesting. Anyway, so. Um, that is that is it that's going to be it for today um but i did want to i did want to end on on one note and i thought this would be kind of cool to kind of um end on on a particular note and thought and something that i a quote that i saw um recently and it was you can't think your way to understanding what, that's a good one yeah what do you what what comes up for you when you hear that um 
it's that it's not something that you can logically um Im like dissect and implement mm. almost like a, a a formula of some sort yeah know, which which kind of reminds me of um sheldon cooper from big bang theory you know with with him trying to desperately understand humor mm. you know and try and put together of some sort of a formula of what what constitutes to a a good sense of humor what, what would make a great joke you know and try and come up with variable variable you know yeah, components yeah. you you either feel it or you don't you either understand it or you're not mm. you know definitely you can't think into it i don't know what about you Yes, it's the same. Like, I, I think it's very easy, I think, ironic, um, no pun intended, but I, I think it is very easy to kind of get caught up in this whole process of like, it's almost like procrastination, right? It's like, if we want to start a business, we want to do something scary, we read, we read, we prepare, we do all of this stuff, like we, we're always getting ready. Like we're always getting ready getting for that ready wait, to get ready <laughs> wait yeah waiting for that perfect opportune moment instead of just taking the action where we know like you know there have been so i hear this so many times people saying you know i went to uni for four years i studied this thing and i have learned more about this particular topic from one day of just being on the court and doing it mm. than i did in four years of university right because like it, it it's only there was a there was a great um analogy of this i heard and it was like i think it was talking about like learning balance mm -hmm. right like people can explain balance to you but you can't learn you can't learn to balance intellectually yeah like if you've never ridden a bike before you can read all the books you want on balance you're not going to get on a bike and then just suddenly be able to balance it yeah. right you have to learn experientially and it's the same with a car like again like you can't teach someone to drive through a book you can watch all the youtube videos you can read all the books you can tell someone exactly what it feels like and how many degrees you move your arm but you 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 will never know until you actually do it there are going to be so many things that you just can't experience from from reading alone um so yeah i really really like that quote i think it's it's incredibly powerful yeah so next time you say i understand the question is do you really understand what you were just saying yeah <laughs> definitely right so that's it for today folks um we've got some really exciting stuff um, lined up over the next couple of weeks, some really cool interviews and things, which we'll be announcing very, very soon on social. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And uh, we will be back with another one next week. And as always, um, if you are enjoying these, please be sure to, um, If you, I don't know if we're on Apple yet, actually, I need to check. But if we are on Apple now, um, we would absolutely love for you to leave us a review, leave your thoughts, and also be sure to drop us a message on any of our socials um and let us know your thoughts feedback anything that you'd like to hear like to hear more of any questions um especially yeah. if you if you feel um you know that if you resonate with any of the topics that we've covered or an example just give us your examples of how how you feel about them how, how you have experienced totally yeah. yeah we'd love to hear your thoughts so um let us know and we will speak to you guys again very soon Ciao, ciao. Much love.